You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is midseason power rankings time. Matt Williamson's 32 through 1 as they sit here midseason now that we've seen nine weeks of NFL football. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. And a quick reminder for NBA fans out there, the Locked On NBA Draft Special, as we do here on the NFL side of the network with Matt and I and all the hosts from the different teams in the network coming together on the Locked On NFL channel, the Mock Draft Extravaganza Special is happening right now for the NBA Draft, so go check that out at Locked On NBA. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, at Williamson NFL. Matt Williamson is a must-follow there and Matt, before we get rolling on your power rankings midseason, uh, there was a, a tweet earlier this week that I think is interesting, and yeah. I would like to see how this correlates because I'm fascinated by it as well. This from uh, our guy Hans on Twitter. He says, For next week's power ranks, M Dub, will you list top 10, bottom 10 teams in, in terms of average starting field position? I'd like to know how that correlates with your rankings. It is interesting because I mentioned you off the air when I did before you were on board, when this was locked on way back in the infantile stages, sometimes I would just do a show for 20 minutes on a random stat like this. And I think this is a great one to kind of stress as a good tweet. If more people have such requests, please let me know. Um, we can dig up whatever you want, but average starting field position is really, really important. I mean, for example, on average, the average drive in the NFL starts on the 28.56-yard line. And I'm getting all this information from football outsiders. They do great work. I quote them quite a bit. I'll get to the names here in a minute. But but the distance between the best starting field position in the league to the worst starting field position in the league is about nine yards. So over the course of the year, if I start a drive nine yards closer to the goal line than you do, Every drive, I'm going to score more points. Yeah, and, a 9 or 10% I mean, chance of, of getting closer to, to points and, and a field goal, especially because right. you're talking 9 or 10% for a 100-yard field, but what is 9 or 10 yards if you're just trying to get into field goal range? That's a 25% jump if you're going from 40 yards to 30 yards. Right, and remind me, because when I talk about the top team in the league, it's, it's even more important. But really where this comes from doesn't mean you're a great team, but – it is an indicator. I mean, some good teams will be at the bottom of the list. Some bad teams will be at the top. But really, it's special teams. You know, if you're really good in the kicking game, if you miss field goals, you're going to, you know, back to my turnovers are a miss field goals a turnover. If you miss a lot of field goals, you're going to put the opponent in a good starting field position. If you don't have much of a return game or you allow too many big returns, I mean, obviously, special teams has a lot to do with our starting field position. But so does, you know, turnovers. I mean, if you get a turnover at midfield and you get the ball at the 50, that goes a long way to your average starting field position. So without further ado, we can get into the best and the worst. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. It's it's always fascinating. Complementary football with teams' offenses, how that affects a defense, how a defense affects an offense with their starting position, and of course, special teams, which nobody tends to talk about. Yeah, the best in the league, and it's been an underreported thing too. Is during the Harbaugh era that the Ravens are always good on special teams, and he stresses it. He's got a big special teams background. On average, they start their average drive at the 32.84 yard line, which is a whole half yard better than number two. And why I wanted you to remind me with them is you match that with Justin Tucker. I mean, you're not far from field goal range when you get the ball, considering who your kicker is. Absolutely. And uh, I saw another tweet from Ben Fennell, who's an NFL Network producer, and it's a similar statistic. And it sort of correlates there with with this a starting field position you're looking at, and this is just defensive drives that start in enemy territory. So essentially your special teams or your offense is letting down your defense. And the fewest in the league is Baltimore. They've only had three defensive drives that had started in enemy territory. So their offense wow. is handling the ball and their special teams is handling the ball. And it's a complimentary for their defense and helping them out on the other end of the spectrum. The last team on the list, 32 is Philadelphia. They've started their defensive drives 18 times in enemy territory. Yeah. I read a, an Eagle stat just before we went on the air that they slash Wentz lead the league in interceptions plus sacks. Well, there, all those things go. lead to bad field position and yep. putting your, your team in a bind. The best example I can remember of this though is the last year Buccaneers. Like the last year Buccaneers had a good defense. Not much di- not much different than the one that's this year. Although last week aside isn't the, the greatest example of that. But this has been one of the best defenses in the league. Todd Bowles, same style. They've added a little, but it was a really good defense last year. Well, I think they were 27th in points allowed because all their drives were like in their own end because Winston threw a million interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, like doesn't matter who your defense is. You're going to allow points when the offense turns the ball over a ton. So, you know, just a, a, you know, this stuff's important. So here's some of the other ones at the top. The Ravens have a, a half yard lead over the Saints. Saints are good in all phases. The Steelers are undefeated. They've been good on special teams as well. They're third. Miami, I think, is a really interesting one because they're really good with turnover differential. They do all the little things right. Like I just did a video about the Miami Chargers game. And, you know, two young first-round quarterbacks, you know, you would think teams go in the right direction. But one of those teams is doing the little things right, and the other one's doing the little things very, very wrong. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can see why Miami has a way better record than the Chargers. Um, The Giants are also near the top of the list, which I think is pretty encouraging. I mean, they've played a little better lately. They stopped the run. They started to run the ball. Daniel Jones didn't turn the ball over. They're one of the, quote, bad teams at the top. But, you know, to round out the top ten, we have the Colts, Seattle, Buffalo, T-Bay. I think that gets me to ten. Detroit, Cleveland are the last ones. And all those guys that I mentioned start their drive – on the 30-yard line or better. Those are the top 10. And we haven't gotten into your power rankings yet, but I am ha- I have a feeling that there is some correlation there with how those teams rank and how they're playing so far this year. Absolutely. I mean, it sure makes it easier to be successful. There's a reason you get to be near the top because you do the the hidden yardage things better than others. And, you know, again, the Bucks last year are a great example. So I know we need to speed this along, so let's just do the bottom feeders here. The Vikings are start their average drive 
just under the 24-yard line, 23.95. They're last, which I, I don't have a great reason for that one. I mean, I, I, are there, they, their turnovers haven't been horrible from what I remember. Their special teams haven't been horrible, but maybe they just have very little return game. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I need to look into that one. That one doesn't jive with the spell test as much as I expected. Like these ones do. 31 is the Jets. 30 is Dallas. I mean, remember all the turnovers Dallas had early in the year. I mean, that really hamstrung that team. You know, and now we have some decent teams. Well, Arizona is at 29. New England's at 28, which is so unbelichecky and it's unbelievable. I mean, I bet he's losing his mind that they're starting their average drive at the 25.88 yard line because they are always at the top of the league with this, right with Baltimore. And there's no, then that's not an accident. 27 is Houston, 26 is Carolina. The Chargers, who I mentioned before, are 25. Phillies, 24, as you mentioned before. The Jags are 23, and your Niners are 22. Yeah, those are those are starting to make sense, and I'm absolutely yeah. seeing a correlation here with these power rankings. So let's jump into those power rankings, starting at number 32, and we'll climb all the way up to number one, coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Protecting your family is the number one priority, but if you want to do it safely, the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or your purse. Yet while small, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. And Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL, T-A-S-E-R.com. Again, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, Matt, your midseason power rankings. I have a feeling I know who team number 32 is. Does it happen to be one of the teams in New York? It does. What's interesting this year, or this week in particular, Teams 26 through 32 might have had their best game of the year. <laughs> you know, like the bottom feeders yeah. didn't quite die and roll over like you would think in early November, you know, and the Jets are last. We saw them on Monday Night Football. That was their best game of the year. They almost beat the Patriots. So, you know, I mean, you can't sleep on anyone entirely in this league, I guess is the point. Right. Flacco showed a little something there and a blind squirrel is going to get a nut at least one out of 16 times, I think, during the course of a season. Uh, and, and it was just about last week for the Jets, but the team they played isn't too far ahead of them right now and, and is going in the wrong direction. But let's not skip too far ahead. The the team number 31 right now, they started off the season with the W and people sort of took notice and Minshew Magic or Minshew Mania. I can't remember. It's Fitz Magic and Minshew Mania, right? Uh, and now go. he's not even playing quarterback for the team. He's hurt. Uh, they were talking about benching him anyway, and things have been all L's since then. 31 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and they were very competitive this week, and Luton gave him a spark, but they haven't won since week one. I mean, they have to be at the bottom here. And back to our conversation yesterday, 
I really think, and I'm not saying it's set in stone, but I think the Jags and Jets are going to get the first two picks in the draft and both take a quarterback. Like I would put that bet down, whatever the odds are. I am with you on that. The team that has fallen the furthest since your original power rankings, Matt, preseason, that is the team at number 30. That's Dallas, who, again, played their best game of the week or of the year, maybe. Well, since Dak, at least. But, I mean, they were very competitive against a good football team. Um, didn't quite get the win. Gilbert played well. And kind of like the Jets, maybe it's better you got the loss you know, in the, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Play well, get the loss. Interesting offseason to come for the Dallas Cowboys, some decisions to make. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of headlines all spring and summer long before next year. And I don't expect them to be at 30 again next year with, with some of the changes that I think are afoot and especially figuring out what's going on at quarterback. But Garrett Gilbert did look like at least a professional quarterback compared to what they've had since Dak went down. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, these next two are keeping it in the NFC East. We have three in a row here. Giants at 28, Washington at 27 or 29, um, they played each other competitive game yet again. I mean, can we say that both teams are not terrible? It's hard when they play each other. Yeah, they played each other, and I think it was perfect. (laughs) So whichever team won by a field goal, which was the Giants, they get to be one spot ahead. And I would have not argued with you if if you had these opposite either. So, um, yeah. Well, the Giants have beat Washington twice, so I think that's a pretty strong case in their favor. That is a good case. They've got to be at least one team ahead. I think you had the Daniel Jones stat, that I think he has five – he has one win – since becoming the Giants' starting quarterback that's not against Washington. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're ahead of at least one team on the power rankings for sure, but a whole bunch of teams ahead of them. He's got their number. And uh, another team that – an interesting offseason. What to do at quarterback there? Is it the the surrounding talent or is it the quarterback himself that needs to change with the New York Giants with that first-rounder and Daniel Jones that they spent a, a very high pick on not that long ago? Here's probably the second – well – The New England Patriots at 27 for you, Matt. This is an interesting one because when we first checked in, when you first did your rough draft of power rankings, you looked at the roster and you thought, this roster is awful after all the opt-outs. No way this team is going to be good. And I think they were around 20 for you. Then they signed Cam Newton. And you thought, oh, gosh, dang it, they did it. They, they, you know, and and I think a lot of people were like, oh, we just let the Patriots and Bill Belichick have Cam Newton, right? And, And you bumped them up. But I think your initial thought was the correct one now and we're seeing them even lower than your initial thoughts looking at that roster the Patriots are all the way down at 27 yeah and, and actually I'm going to lump Houston at 26 with the Patriots because this goes back to my original thought that oh all these bottom teams showed up this week well Houston 26 played Jacksonville 31 New England 27 played Jets 32 Washington 29 played Giants 28. So, yes, maybe some of these teams had competitive games, even though they're bad. But with the exception of Dallas, they all played each other. If we're tiering this out, is that the tier after Houston at 26? And is there a tier? Like, Are the Jets in a tier by themselves at the bottom, too? That's another question. Mm. If the Jets and Jags played 100 times, how many do you think the Jets win? 40, 41, 35. Yeah, 41, 35. So I think there's a a clear advantage for Jacksonville with the way I've seen the Jets play. But uh, I I don't know if I would pick the Jets to or the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat any other team in the league more than 50 times. That's for sure. I mean, I think Dallas would beat them 60 out of 100. 
I think the Giants and Washington would abuse them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you yeah. with what I've seen recently. Uh, so, yeah, so I think maybe those two teams belong in their own tier at the very bottom. And and this is interesting. After Houston at 26, then you've got Denver at 25, Cincinnati, Detroit. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but those teams all seem like they're kind of in a group. And I, I would mm-hmm. I would like all three of those teams over what's going on in Houston right now. Houston should be, I think, even a little bit better than we've seen, but there's something else going on with Houston culture-wise that is just, it's not a good situation that they have to clean up this offseason. How about this, though? I, I, I stole this from a podcast I listened to in the last 24 hours. I forget who said it, but when I heard it, I thought, you're right. I think Houston has the second-best quarterback in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I'm on board with that. Yeah, and, and some I mean, weapons still to throw to, even though they did lose Hopkins. Right. Like he still has Fuller and Brandon Cooks, and so that's not bad. He's playing great. Uh, since he's trending in the right direction, Denver's tough because they get down heavy and then they come back strong. And Drew Locke has a little bit of Blake Bortles garbage time feel to him, but he also is gutsy and has weapons. Um, they were a tough team for me to rank. You know, Denver versus Cincy versus Detroit. The bottom's kind of falling out with the Lions right now, too. Yeah, Cincinnati, you mentioned they're on their bye. They've got their quarterback in Joe Burrow, who looks like he's going to be, you know, maybe that guy who contends with Deshaun Watson is one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC going forward. But they just have so much work to do on the rest of the roster, right? They do. And I've done a lot. They're coming to town. They're playing the Steelers. So I've dug into the Bengals more than ever. And Burrow's awesome, but their line's bad. Their defense is bad. Um, they allow a lot of big plays. They don't create a lot of big plays on offense. But, you know, some of these teams have their quarterback, and the arrow is certainly pointing up in that organization. Let's see, where were we there? So Denver 25, Cincinnati 24, Detroit 23, and then the Chargers at 22. I feel like there's another tier break here with the with the two and three win teams. The The Chargers, again, very similar boat to Cincinnati. Like something's missing, but they found their quarterback at least, which is a very good sign. But they've got to fix some other things, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, the rest of the roster. I, I feel like the Chargers have a better roster, though, than Cincinnati, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 here's a tweet I sent out yesterday, and I think it tells you all you need to know about the Chargers. The Chargers are two and six, but have only surrendered 11 more points than they've allowed or than they've, they've created. Wait, say that again. The Chargers are two and six, but their point differential is only minus eleven. Oh, right, like, yeah. And there's teams with uh, with winning records. I think it was the the Bears, right? Yeah, that were minus, yeah. or no, it was uh, the Browns that were minus twenty one, and they were five and two. Yeah, I mean the Chargers are in every game. They just learn they're, they're ridiculously good at losing to close games or games they should win. Uh, that really lends itself to coaching to me, and. That might be the best coaching job that might become available. Wow, yeah. L.A., you got some good weather there. You've got your young quarterback ready to go and a lot of other talent on the roster. That's absolutely job number one if I'm a a job-seeking head coach this coming offseason, if they do decide to move on from Anthony Lynn. The only major negative is the Chiefs are in your division. The true. That's good. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I just thought of that one. That but, is a know. good point. And some up-and-coming teams there as well. It's going to be a, a tough fight every year in the AFC West. This one's difficult. But, but they're a two-win team that are only at 22. I mean, yeah. two-win teams are usually 30. Good point. Very good point. Uh, th- this is a, a tough one in a, in, a, in a realistic place for the San Francisco 49ers to be right now at 21, probably the second 
longest faller from your preseason rankings, Matt. I think the Cowboys and 49ers were both top five teams. Now the Niners at 21 here. Um, they, they've gotten beaten up by two pretty good offenses recently. Their own offense is not being able to help out their defense. Uh, when we're talking about, they were you know, right in the 20s in that field position conversation we were talking about. Their defense is barely holding their head above water. All the injuries on this team, it's just a bad year for the 49ers. They have to sort of scrap their plans of getting back to the Super Bowl and try again next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're closer to it than than anyone and and realize that it's, it's not their year. I, I still have a lot of faith in the organization. For those that don't know, the, how I do these power ranks are if all these teams had a uh, a, a WWE, you know, everyone in the ring together. What do they call those things? A battle, a battle royal. royal. Yeah. yeah, right. Like the, the 10 teams would be out of the ring before the Niners, but 20 would still be in there while they're, you know, while they're going. They're just not playing well right now. A lot of it's out of their hands. I think they have to be this low. Absolutely. That's absolutely fair. They're going to be a team that knocks some teams off coming up, but uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the NFC, how competitive is it's just, you know, playoffs are, are not, Looking like they're going to be in the cards this year, but a team no. that I would not want to play in 2021 either. But some some decisions right. to make again in this offseason with the quarterback. There are some interesting quarterback uh, decisions to make around the league this year. I think the 49ers are going to be one of those with the injuries now we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo. At number 20 is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they're the top team in their division. Uh, they're coming off their bye. I know that I've been, I've probably been too nice to Wentz in this organization overall, but, you know, they're, Trending the right direction, I think. You're going to have Miles Sanders and Rager and maybe Ertz and Goddard and Blaine Johnson. I mean, I think they have a chance to be pretty decent in the second half of the season. We talked about it last week and said, go buy Jerry Judy in your fantasy leagues. Would you say the same right now about buying low on Rager? Yes. I've been a little reluctant on the the rookie receivers to jump in the deep end with them, but they keep proving me wrong, whether it's, Jefferson or Lamb early in the year or Judy recently. So, yeah, I think Rager is in that category, too. And it's too late on Travis Fulgham. I mean, he looks legit. I like what I've seen from him so far in Philly. They may have accidentally found uh, a long-term guy there, which is a nice pairing, actually, with Rager. I think those two fit nicely together. Right. I mean, Fulgham's going to be the Alshon. Rager's going to be the Deshaun. And both of them are a little more rounded and more well-rounded than their predecessors. Here's a tough one for me, and you've got them at number 19, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know where to put this team. I feel like this is right somewhere in the middle, uh, but I, 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 they could lose to some teams below them. They could beat some teams ahead of them, so I don't know. You just plug them in here at 19, I guess, with the Minnesota Vikings. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, they were a tough one for me, too, because they've had some miserable stretches this year, but they're playing pretty well lately, and that's what these are all about. Remember, they were last in average starting field position. I forgot they had two punts blocked this past week. Maybe that had something to do with it. The Cleveland Browns at 18, and then the Chicago Bears at 17. Yeah. Well, sat, this... sat up and did nothing, but <laughs> I didn't know where to put them either. It's it, a, the, a foggy area. Five and three. Those are a couple of five and three teams, and they're not even in the, the top half of your power rankings. Yeah, but they're pretty darn close. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Bears That's very Browns. true. I mean, the Bears' offense is so bad, and maybe the Browns should be a little bit better. Um, these next couple teams are playing better recently, though, in my opinion, that we'll get to. Absolutely. This is a good spot to to hold on. We'll get to the top half okay. of your rankings here. But it's interesting that Cleveland and Chicago, I think, were teams that we we cautioned everybody, pump the brakes on these two teams 
coming up after they had such a hot start to the season. And I think we're seeing that. And I think this is a pretty accurate representation of where they should be somewhere right smack dab in the middle of the league, even though their records would say they maybe should be a little higher. Got a deal for our listeners. 20% off Build Bars. Keep listening to find out how you can get a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Perfect companion for a quick snack to feel good about. A workout companion before or after. On the go. Need a quick snack? Reach for a Built Bar. High protein. High fiber. Low in sugar. Low in calories. Throw a Built Bar in your car. You don't have to stop for some fast food joint. Knock out a thousand calories. Grab yourself a Built Bar instead. So great for the health conscious folks out there. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And Built Bars are low in calorie. Built Bars are low in sugar, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. Even great for a keto diet. A ton of flavors. The 12 original flavors, 6 brand new flavors. The new cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. My favorite, even more protein in the peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, and only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, the top half of the NFL, according to Matt Williamson's midseason power rankings at number 16 is a team that their record isn't as good as some teams below them, but they've really turned things around very quickly under Matt Rule. That is the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you play the Chiefs down to the wire. I think that deserves some credit. Um, just came out McCaffrey's not going to play this week after returning, and you know that that's no good. But this, team, this franchise clearly is playing, go, trending in the right direction. They've played a lot of t- you know impressive games. You know, so I think they're a middle-of-the-road team where I thought they were going to be a bottom feeder. The Atlanta Falcons at 15, and on Twitter you can find Matt at Williamson NFL. I know there's going to be some upset Browns and Bears fans to say, <laughs> how could we possibly be below the Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons right now? Yeah, I, I can understand that, but... You win three of your last four and should have won the, the fourth. I mean, if Todd Gurley doesn't fall into the end zone, they're in a four-game winning streak. I, I think that needs recognized because, again, these are how well you're playing right now. I'm sitting here thinking if the Browns or Bears went to Atlanta or vice versa, what would the spread be? Probably a couple points to the home team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I'm seeing a tear break here between 15 and 14, and there will be 14 playoff teams this year. So one of these teams in your top 14 won't get in because we're going to see an NFC East team get in who's well down on your list right now. Uh, So one of these teams that's playing really good football right now will not be a playoff team. Number 14 is the Arizona Cardinals. And number 13 is Miami. Miami beat Arizona. So again, we've got a head-to-head tiebreaker, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. They just played each other. I felt like if you played that game 100 times, it'd probably be 49-51, 50-50. I thought these are pretty equal teams, fun, young quarterbacks. Murray's playing out of his mind. We mentioned Miami doing all the little things right and well-coached. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect Miami to be 13 in November, but they're, you know, they're doing pretty well here. I didn't either. Do you see a, a little bit of a correlation with what Miami did, overachieved a little bit last year, added a bunch of talent to what a future – Carolina Panthers team looks like like t- kind of taking a similar path like get the head coach right start fixing the little things and then add the talent on top of that 
You talking about Miami? Oh uh, yeah, the correlation between Miami right now and maybe the Panthers a year behind that model. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true. Well, kind of. I think that they both hired the right guy to run the show. I just don't know that the Panthers can get their Tua, you know, or th- that Bridgewater is going to have the ceiling those mm-hmm. guys do. But their offense is pretty nice shape considering it's year one of a coach. Um, and then I look at a team like Miami and think this offseason they'll add a stud running back, you know, something late in the yeah. process, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And plenty of draft picks to do whatever they need to. And they have Houston's pick as well that's looking like a top 10 pick and maybe a top five pick. At number 12, you have the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, and I like the Colts. I think that they're – I'm really excited for this Thursday night game. I mean, I think that's going to be a fun one against Tennessee, massive implications. Um, I don't really trust Rivers in the passing game. Good defense. Um, you know, they kind of have their script. Uh, you can make the case it could be a little higher, I guess. Yeah, you could, but then you see them play a marquee team and get beat pretty – soundly and it's a playoff team that I don't expect to be there late in January if that makes sense right I don't know if they're a contender they need to play a certain way um I wish Jonathan Taylor was the foundation of the team and and, you know but still it's tough to win that way also well coached there's a few interesting teams here and one of those teams in the division with the Indianapolis Colts you have them at nine then you have the Las Vegas Raiders at 10 and the Los Angeles Rams at 11. I think there's a tier break above number nine here in your power rankings. Uh, how did you separate those four teams? Colts, Rams, Raiders, Titans. Yeah, I mean, Indy versus Tennessee, I think, is going to be a very interesting one. Tennessee's offense is very good. Their defense is really bad. Um you know, I'll be honest. I had Vegas lower. You know, I, I it's funny we kind of have a new system going here where I put one out early or late Sunday night, and then we revised it after the Monday nighter. And I got a lot of blowback from Raiders fans saying, I think I had them at like fourteen, saying, "Look at their wins. Look at their losses. I mean, the teams you have above them are often the teams that they've played, beat, or lost to." Like. Their strength of schedule, if you put it up against my my power ranks, it's pretty strong and pretty convincing. So I did bump them up a little bit. Twitter convinced me a little bit on that one. The Rams are kind of tough because that, that Miami game is a really weird one. I'm not sure I hold that against them too much. But a lot of their wins are against you know NFC East teams. Their defense is quite good. I mean, it's a top five type defense. Mixed feelings on Goff, but again, a well-coached team. I mean, I I think these guys are all pretty well lumped together. I think that's probably a good tier for you to mention. Tennessee, Vegas, Rams, Colts. And above that tier is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in at number eight. How far did they drop for you seeing how they got dominated by the Saints this week? Substantially. I couldn't put them behind Tennessee, but I think the teams ahead of them are all playing much better I'm sure we'll look at that and say, man, that was, it's interesting because Green Bay's coming up. Tampa did the same thing to Green Bay that New Orleans did to Tampa, you know? So some of it's just, what have you seen lately? You have that one awful, awful game that you're not in it at all against a high quality opponent. And Sean Payton destroys the Bucs. I mean, I think we can't forget that. Um, 
I don't know. How hard would you hit them? I mean, they it's yeah, it's, it's a bad look. You have to put them below the Saints for sure. And right. But aside from that, if they a lot of these other like coming up next here is the Buffalo Bills. I still I think would pick on a neutral field the Bucks over the Bills right now. I would be torn on that. I mean, Bills are seven and two, playing pretty darn well. Certainly, this past week they just beat Seattle, and Allen looked like that MVP type of guy again. I didn't want to overreact to that because their body of work isn't the seventh best team in the league. But I respect the coaching staff. I keep thinking the defense is really going to step up, and it's been okay at best. It, you know, not really. But the way the Bills played this week versus the way the Bucks played this week was my tiebreaker there. Yeah, the the Bills and the Seahawks have been a little bizarro with what I thought their teams were going to look like. They're still playing well, but they're playing differently than I thought. And uh, with yeah. the Buffalo Bills, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember where you had Bills preseason ranked? I would guess 12-ish. Okay. They were number one in their division, but I didn't think they were a good contender. Gotcha. At number six, we have the Green Bay Packers. Um, They just destroyed San Francisco, which seems like a million years ago because it was last Thursday. Um, I still think that their defense is very unpredictable, uh, volatile, good and bad. Uh, they're very reliant on Adams. Rodgers is playing great. I was torn between the Packers and Seattle, to yeah. be very honest, and Seattle just lost and Green Bay just won big. I was just going to ask you about that. How did you separate those? Because very similar game scripts. We've got MVP level quarterbacking. They've mm-hmm. got some uh, awesome weapons on the outside. Seattle has one extra weapon, I think, than, than Green Bay does as far as big time playmakers at wide receiver. And it's their defense that's letting them down that could be the thing that hinders them from hoisting the Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, but without question, you're 100% right. Seattle's defense, when compared with Green Bay, is far and away the worst unit of all of them. You know, mm-hmm. and I would say their offense is the best, but Green Bay's offense is pretty awesome too. Uh, I always lean in Russell Wilson's favor. I suppose um, those two are pretty similar. The more you think about it, Ty goes to the the easily the front runner for MVP this year in Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and the Seattle Seahawks. All right, we're let's get into the top four here. We've got the Baltimore Ravens. They haven't been the same. Their defense to me is very impressive, though. Um, did they turn the corner offensively against the Colts in the second half? Maybe it, Lamar started to kind of look like Lamar. Uh, I mean, their O-line worries me, though. I mean, that's the thing that people aren't talking about. And I keep bringing it back to the Yonda uh, retirement, and now Stanley's out for the year. So things are hard to overcome. And they're not catching anybody by surprise with their style of play either. I can't decide if the listeners out there will call you a homer for putting Pittsburgh at number three ahead of Baltimore, or if the large number of Steelers fans that follow you will get mad at you for not putting the leagues only unbeaten at number one. <laughs> I got a lot of responses on this too, because I had a very angry tweeter use a lot of profane language, I think, and not a, not a lot of nice things to say about how much I hate the Steelers. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You are an embarrassment. How could you must not know the Steelers? How could you put them at three? They're undefeated. You sob blah 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 blah. And I I think I retweeted him like, yeah, you nailed me. I mean, I that's that's the team I know the least, or I'm I'm always <laughs> against them. And I got tons of responses for that. Ha ha. You know, you know how that goes. That's I don't funny. know. I think New Orleans and I mean, we'll just cut the chase. KC's one. New Orleans is two. I think the Steelers versus New Orleans. 
is on an even field, the Saints are favored right now. And I think the Steelers are favored against Baltimore right now. Yeah, that's t- I might put Steelers at two over the Saints. And if before You're last week, now. I would have had the Buccaneers maybe over both of them. But definitely over the Saints. I did a week ago. So, I had the Bucks over both of them a week yeah, ago. Yeah, so I don't want to overrate. They're not over the Steelers. I had the Steelers too a week ago. Okay, Sorry. yeah. So I don't want to overrate that. So New Orleans, and they're my preseason pick. I would still pump the brakes a little bit. I want to see more of that, see if that, that Saints team is the one we're going to see the rest of the way. And if we do, then that's still my Super Bowl pick from the NFC. But there's there's been some up and downs there and a lack of consistency. So I still want to see that with New Orleans. But if that holds, then absolutely they belong here. I think right now I'd still have Pittsburgh at least one ahead of them. And I might have Baltimore ahead of New Orleans still. But, I mean, these this is obviously the class of the NFL right now. And we expect to be seeing these teams in championship games at the end of the year. Yeah, and there has to be some recency bias when you do this. I mean, Steelers look really bad against the Cowboys. The Saints looked really good against a very good Bucks team. They've won five in a row. Oh my! Oh, by the way, Michael Thomas comes back to the mix, and mm. defense is getting healthier. Like I think, see, I think the Saints are really hitting their stride right now. And I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they were my pick. Well, actually, I know they were. Actually, that if I had to put a chip down of who comes out of the NFC, I think I would pick the Saints, and maybe be, be broader. I think it would come out of the NFC South. I think the Bucks would be my second choice still. Interesting, but they're not playing well right now. Uh, Kansas City, have they ever not held the top spot for you throughout the season? No, no, and I know they have a loss, and they didn't blow the doors off the Panthers. I just think <laughs> if they play the Saints right now, Wichita, Kansas, they're favored by seven. If they play the Steelers of Wichita, Kansas right now, they're favored by eight. You know, I mean, it's right. just you know, I mean, how many points would you need to bet on the Steelers against the Chiefs? Quite a few. Yeah, touchdown at least. You're right, right. It's yeah. a big number from one to three. All right, there it is. At Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt and get mad at him or pat him on the back for getting this 100% correct after nine weeks of the NFL season. You are allowed to do that. I mean, <laughs> yes. Rarely does anyone in the power rank say, wow, nice job. Yeah, what, nice job, Matt. You nailed this one. Uh, and they can <laughs> they can find the written version as well, right, at the Pro Football Network? Yes, it's always there. Every Sunday night, then it gets revised Monday. All right, we're here week 10, Thursday. Our guest, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, will be making his six-pack of best bets for the upcoming week of games, and Matt and I will preview all of them Friday right here. Peacock and Williamson.